Next one out, season 29, San Juan del Sur. Yeah, San Juan del Sur. This is probably the last, probably the last of the season before this one, upcoming one, where they're like bringing back returning players and mixing them with a new cast, right? Yes. Yes. Or, okay. No, 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 no returning players. Oh, uh, this is a blood versus water. I'm this sorry. is the this is the only. Do you want to trade off then? Do you no, want to do can. blood versus water? No, like, I can talk about this. Okay. San Juan del Sur. This is they, this is loved ones. Loved ones. Nobody had played the game before. I got this you. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Kelly Wentworth's first season. Yeah. Keith Nail. Boy, great TV. Keith Nail is phenomenal television. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, you know, my take on this season is if like it it's got some really good characters and some good gameplay. Um the winner also is like Boy, talk about dealt a bad hand in a loved one season and then comes back with a fury. This is one of my absolute favorite winter seasons. It is almost... This season can be frustrating on the first watch. It can be underwhelming on the first watch. Mm -hmm. But on a second watch, I absolutely love San Juan del Sur. And mostly because of the winner's approach knowing who the winner is helps you enjoy this season more I would say do that at your own risk or whatever but uh, I'm not going to reveal it here but I actually think I enjoyed the season way more now that I knew who won when I rewatched it it's uh it is almost I don't know I don't know the the cold-blooded nature of the winner's approach to the game in the second half of the game is fantastic and she has to uh like maneuver through people who are working with their loved ones even which mm. is like yeah even more impressive um <clears throat> that being said this season's also pretty fun because uh i mean as far as the celebrity casting that doesn't go at all it really in the way that people expected it to john rocker yeah and i mean i think i think he gets poked to a certain point where he kind of does get into that sort of uh that role that peop- that maybe CBS wanted him to play, which is just loudmouth John Rocker. But for the most part in that season, I think he's legitimately just trying to play the game. I think John Rocker is trying to move on from his past, and there are a couple of people that recognize him and don't let him, and just know that they can poke that, and they poke away, mm-hmm. and it blows up. Uh, you got a lot of good, a lot of fun couples in the game. I mean, Jackie and John are sort of insufferable in that game, but at the same time, they are the power couple for mm-hmm. pretty much the entire season. Um, you've got Val and Jeremy, who are uh, husband and wife, mm-hmm. and who are actually Val is just sniping at Jeremy on day one of that game. Like uh, it, it's 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 fun to watch. Jeremy's a good player that I really like. Um, Baylor and her mom. Missy. Okay, well, I'm trying to talk about my favorites from this season. Um, uh, I really like Reed and Josh, uh, the, um, the, I almost wonder if they're real, the, uh, because Survivor pushes, they're like, they're a a gay Christian couple who work on Broadway. I was like, you're just like spinning a wheel of adjectives. (laughs) That's all you're doing. This is Mad Libs. This is just this is, Mad Libs. Right. It's like three writers. These people aren't Come real. Come up with an adjective. Okay. Yeah. It's anyway. Uh but they 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 are they are a fun couple to watch. It's uh oh. 
even the even the less impressive couples like the uh, the brothers, the Christie brothers, um, are entertaining. I mean, yeah. at one point, one player in this game throws a challenge because he thinks he thinks his team needs to get out somebody, and everybody finds out he threw the challenge, so they vote him out. <laughs> yeah, I would say all in all, this season is if you want to go back and rewatch, and you want to go back to the twenties. And maybe rewatch one of the seasons that's not bringing back one of the uh, returning players. Like you, you, you don't want to like do a deep dive where you have to watch the first season of them and then that. This is a great season just to watch. You know, mm-hmm. even with the, it's going to be different because it's got loved ones on it. But you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, it adds to the gameplay. You know, it doesn't detract from it. Well, the next one we're voting out is season two, the Australian Outback. Finally, gotten to its uh, end point. I think it's another. I think the first three seasons of Survivor all have amazing casts. They yeah. really do a great job with the casting over the first three seasons. Um, this is a season that sets some new archetypes. I mean, Jerry, the Black Widow sort of uh, villain, villainess. Yeah. Even though she's really not that villainous in the season, she basically just tries to manipulate Colby, and that's pretty much it. Uh, but man, people. She was all people could talk about for, you know, during that season. The Colby and Jerry yeah. dynamic. Colby, the archetype for the the all American guy, Captain America. Captain America, just yeah, he really is a nice guy. He is a. I think some people think he's sort of fake, but man, Colby is is you can tell from watching his seasons that he is just pretty legitimately himself on all these seasons. He's just out there to have fun, be a good guy. Um, it's real weird, like, where this season would be if they had put it on a beach. Yeah. Yeah, Australia's not higher? a great setting. It's uh, it's also, it's, it's 42 days instead of 39. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's just, nobody needs that extra, the had extra three days. Had they f- really figured out the food thing yet either? Or? The, I don't remember the food being a big issue this season. The only unfortunate thing is, it's a season where everybody had seen Borneo. They all come in, they make, they have their tribes, they make alliances. And then, one tribe has the edge at the merge, and they just vote off the other tribe. And and the thing is, everybody kind of just accepts their fate. Nobody really makes any plays to like, hey, you're at the bottom. Right. They haven't figured out the counter moves for that. They have not figured out any counter moves. It's season two. It's still largely about the experience of Bella. About like, can these people get along at camp? Can they... Here, we'll send them on some really cool rewards, which one reward got them kicked out of Australia permanently, which was when uh, Colby went on reward, snorkeling at the Great Barrier Reef, and he brought back pieces of it as souvenirs for his tribe mates. Survivor had to pay a pretty hefty fine (laughs) to Australia for uh, damaging the Great Barrier Reef, but uh, it's a a good season. It's a a classic. It is a classic. Similar to the way Borneo is a classic. Yeah. Right. Just not quite at that level. Yeah. Next one we're voting out is the other Blood vs. Water season, aptly titled Blood vs. Water, season 27. Survivor wasn't even caring at this point. Season 27. <laughs> what are we going to call it? Yeah, Blood vs. Water. Season 27 is, uh, it is half returning players. So they bring back, uh, I don't know, 10 returning players. Yes. And then each returning player brings a loved one along with them. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the game... The returning players are all put onto one tribe, 
and their loved ones are all put onto one tribe. And I don't think there's any... I think that's how they split it, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Although, all the ones of each uh, set are together. Um, it's This is a season which is hard for me to explain why I like it so much, but I do just sort of... I did just really enjoy just watching this season play out. I think it's a season that's not dominated by really any particular personalities. It's just... Uh, it's just fun to... There's just there's no reason not to watch this season. There's just uh, maybe not many big moments. It's not really a notable season for gameplay or strategy or anything like that. But it's uh, it's just a well played, satisfying season. Yeah, the winner plays um, a really good game of calculated risk taking. It's also my one of my favorite things about returning seasons is when uh, returning players try to take on new strategies to win. Oh, to completely transform. And this is a great this is a great example of that. Right. Um, they put their persona on the shelf and just turned into, you know, uh, a, a, a winner, you know. It's it's fun to force players to try to think about the game differently and this season probably more than any other forces people to play differently because you have someone else you're worried about in the in the on the opposite tribe. Like, you're worried about how... And at some point, very early in the game, one person gloating at a challenge gets their loved one kicked off, basically. Yeah. The other tribe. Um, it's a... Uh, it's also a season where the, the loved ones do pretty well, and sometimes they play yeah, better they than their, their own. than the their experienced counterparts. So, it's a fun season. There aren't... Like I said, it doesn't have a lot of big moments. It's probably why it doesn't rank higher. But it's a... It's a satisfying season, and it's also a season where Survivor took a big risk throwing something at the wall, and it and it was fun to watch. Yeah, and it so, provided two good seasons, I think. Yeah, on paper you wouldn't think it would work, but right, you. It, it, it's it, the kind of premise that people would roll their eyes over. Yeah, like, really. Which this is the example that maybe you know should give you some hope, maybe for Edge of uh, Standing on the Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Stop. <laughs> let's move on. Let's talk about pirates. Pirates is the theme of our next vote off. Sadly, uh, another fan favorite season. Yeah, um, but I mean, checking in here at fourteen, uh, it season seven it has highs and lows. Pearl Islands. Let's talk about the highs real quick. It is got some great characters of some all timers. Yes, I would say three all-timers and another great one. The other great, uh, Andrew Savage is a very likable player for when he's on there. And uh, you've got Rupert, the... How do you not love Rupert? Rupert is, it's like watching a child play Survivor. Like, it's, his enthusiasm for it is childlike. Yes. When his feelings get hurt, he gets hurt like a child would. When he has fun, he has fun like a child would. Yes. It is just it, everything. He wears his heart on his sleeve at all times. Yeah. Rupert uh, is probably shows you uh, like why joy exists in this world and also why bullies like, you know, he gets kind of bullied at one point and shows you why bullies suck in this world, you know, and it's all there in like one season and he he just fully like a kid embraces the theme of this this season Rupert which is great Rupert is the player survivor didn't know it was looking for or needed 
for the first six seasons of the show. And then they get to season seven, they find this guy, and they're like, this is what we've been wanting. We didn't know it. We didn't know this is what we've been looking for. But this, like, crazy bearded guy in a tie-dyed shirt who steals stuff from the other tribe before they even get to camp. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's like, what'd you say the theme was? Pirates? Right. All right. I'll act like a pirate then. (laughs) Yeah. And he's amazing. He's just playing in the sand. There is... It is... It's fantastic. Yes. The the challenges match the theme. They're... They're they're great. They're dragging cannons around and cannonballs and you know swimming down and buried treasure and all kinds of stuff like that. It's it's so much fun in that in those ways. You've also got Sandra, yeah, in in Pearl Islands. She is uh, also good TV. She's a uh, she kind of has a fairly unique strategy in her seasons, which is just uh, you know lo- hers is the classic strategy of as long as it ain't me, right? <laughs> that is. That is her travel council strategy every single week. And then, of course, the person probably almost talked about as much as Rupert that season was uh, Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. The guy just milking it for the cameras every single episode. I mean, uh, to give Johnny Fairplay credit, like, to, to conceive of ideas and bring them into the game about your willingness to do things and your you know pulling them off more power to him you know mm-hmm. um, he's great to watch this season had looting it had kidnapping the the pirate theme worked great the uh, we won't get into what it was though but the one reason the one thing that hurts this season is the twist of the season yeah this is probably this is why it lives where it lives 14 on this list because you know like it may have sounded good on paper, but boy, it did not work. Infuriated fans. Yeah. And it was just... Also, it, it is yet another twist that accidentally took out someone everyone loved. And it um, really rewarded people that just nobody liked. And it was just a drag on the uh, late, yeah. late part of that season. So... Again, that's kind of why I agree. That's why Pearl Islands kind of has to live in the teens here because it does feature one of the worst twists in Survivor history. But everything else about the season is just incredibly fun. Um, next up on our list is uh, another one that people may not agree with being this high: Survivor Karamoan. This high or this low? This high because uh, this is a, a pretty hated season among oh. some Survivor fans, but we like it. Yeah, I mean. I guess, you know, you have to get through the very beginning of it until the game really starts. Do you want to kind of address that? Should we just move on from that? Let's just say, like, when someone tells you, okay, this show gets really good around episode six, you know, that's when it gets its legs. This is that Survivor season where you're like, wait a minute. There's a an entire one of the most unique episodes I would say in the show's history of where uh, Jeff Probst just has to furiously rub a man's shoulders to keep him from attacking another man. Just put it this way: at a certain point, Survivor stops being played because, out of necessity, it just has to, and it's not a medical ev- evacuation right. where the game stops for that, or it's not a typhoon hit. It is a contestant has possibly just. You're concerned. Lost it and bl- and just blown up to the point where something has to. Happen. Yeah, 
And I'm sure at the time they thought, this is great television. But I actually don't think it's great television. I don't either. Because it's uncomfortable television. It is, you're a little worried about mental health in a certain aspect. The other contestants are shaking with fear and crying. Yes. It is is not good TV. That being said, once the early season nonsense is addressed, the stretch run of Caramon is uh, fantastic. And it has one of my favorite winning seasons ever. Yeah. And there, it gets knocked because of some of the contestants it does bring back. It seems like a weird misfit island of misfit toys. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that came to play. And they came to play differently, which is which is fun. Uh, they bring back uh, Brenda from Nicaragua, right. for example. And I think she is... Uh, it's Hers is one of my favorite pivots from first season to second season because I really like the way she plays in Karamoan. And she is non-existent in the first five episodes. Just to tell, oh, go back to right. how the first four or five episodes are sort of broken. Yeah, Brenda's just wallpaper. The first five episodes are four four or five people and then a bunch of innocent bystanders. Yeah. For, for, uh, it's like, well, can we have just started with these 14? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a tale of two seasons, but the the I think it uh, I think it is ultimately rewarding in the the way that it plays out post merge. Yeah, some of the I mean some of the knocks against it, some of the people they bring back are kind of one trick ponies, and the trick has kind of played out by then. But some of the people, on the other hand, some of the people they bring back are really trying to strategize and do something mm-hmm. you know like different. And uh, some of the fans even you know that they yeah. have like involved with like. Uh, um, they hold their own. Yeah. Next up is uh, finishing 12th in our rankings. Season 6, The Amazon. Um, it's another season that's quite... It's difficult to describe just what is so magical about The Amazon without without watching it. It is like a time capsule from a different period in time. Like, the same people saying the same things and acting the same way would not work in season 38, 39, or whatever. But, man, it just worked. It's just a... It's like a time machine back to the early 2000s. And it's the season that broke up the men versus the women. It had an incredibly young cast. This is probably the most, like, hormonally charged season of... of Based on, on, like, where they were, just hot and humid. Uh, They only get... These guys only get to see these beautiful women, like, you know... I don't even couple know times every how three to days. describe it. It's like if John Hughes wrote a Survivor season. <laughs> yeah. It's the travel... Well, like, Jeff's sitting there with the men at Travel Council, and he's just like, so guys, how do you think about that challenge? How do you think the challenge went? And the guys are just like, yeah, we don't care if we lost. Man, that one girl's hot. And then and then another guy's sitting down there, he's like, her? You mean Jenna? Jenna's hot. And then another guy's being like, ah, that, that's Jenna, it's Heidi. I'm all about Heidi. And it's just, it's Ugh. that for the pre-merge. And it's just, it's, it sounds cringy, but yeah. it's, it's actually weirdly endearing and sort of fun to watch all these, because the girls are doing the same thing about the guys too. Maybe not quite overtly, but the, uh, it's, it's just so much fun to watch. This the season of, of peanut butter and what you'll do for peanut butter. <laughs> Even Probst is just, it's. It's a season where they definitely lean into the theme of the season, which is which is uh, the battle of the genders. Um, so also, Rob Sesternino's first season. Yeah. I was going to say, the reasons why it's good is because 
the problems that they had in Australian Outback in Season 2 are, are Rob Sesternin of almost single-handedly changes the game here, mm-hmm. where he decides, oh, I know the counterplay to the Alliance, mm-hmm. and that is to recognize the person on the bottom, pull them over with me, and start to have voting blocks, you yes. know? And that is where, where, where Survivor takes another step forward into greater gameplay here. It also, out of a 16-person cast, from 11 on, it's just golden. They're great cast members. Yeah. I mean, you just look down and you're like, wow, this, you know, there's only a jury of seven. Everybody on the jury was good. And at least entertaining. And, like, out of 16 people, 11 down was just entertainment you, from there on out. You had Survivor's first... Uh, Disabled contestant, anyway, uh, Christy, yeah. who's, who's deaf, and I really like Christy. Oh yeah, totally. I just I always just loved Christy so much, yeah. and uh, and then you had the like uh, the Matthew story throughout the season, which is Matthew the weirdly creepy guy who doesn't quite know how to play the game, right. and Rob takes him under his wing and teaches him how to play. It's really it's a really fun season with a lot of different storylines. I think it's a great cast, and. Uh, I don't know. There's just, uh, something I just really like about the Amazon. It's a great season. It's very satisfying. Um, you know, yeah, it's set back in the middle of the woods. It's not the greatest visual season, but right. it uh, makes up for that. With I mean, like, the famous peanut butter uh, challenge was pretty much in a swamp. It is, yeah. I wouldn't want to get like, in the water. <laughs> yeah, I would have stayed up there yes. as long as possible. All right, number 11, just outside our top 10, season 18, Token Cheens. Which is the uh, token chains are in the Brazilian highlands. I never knew. I never knew where the token chains were. I always thought I, I had no clue when I watched that season. But uh, token chains just sort of kind of checks every box for Survivor. It's it may not be you know amazing in any single area, but it is the jack of all trades yeah. season. I mean, do you like a satisfying winner? Check. Do you like good strategy? check do you like big personalities this is the season that introduces coach and tyson oh this is coach in all his feathered form too it's the best it's the best uh exile island season the best execution of that concept which is where each tribe sends someone to exile and they stay together which creates some intrigue over connections people have across tribal lines which is is fun also probably one of the first seasons where you get the intricacies of strategy because you have two teams of two that are two 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 team alliances and who constantly over and over again talk about the pros and cons of every single move they make Mm -hmm. and you really get to see the gears spin it absolutely steven fishback's a great uh player to watch he's uh he has his own flaws in the game but at the same time he's uh He's and a great strategist, and, and he's... Tyson and Coach. Tyson trying to explain to Coach the the social aspect of the game and, like, perception being greater than reality and, like, how that is and, like, why, why certain things have to be certain ways because of just perception, you know? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, it's the scheming and plotting on, the, uh, you know, how the gameplay works. And then in the other alliance, you have the... This is how you come off, and how people. This is how you have to play because it's fascinating to watch for that. Yeah, 
it's a, it's also it's a great starter season too for some people. Sure. Like if you want a if you want a season where you don't have to know anything about anybody coming into it, you want a season of all new players, and you want something to represent sort of the middle era of Survivor. I think this is the pick. Yeah, and it's also like after Gabon, so it's like it's, it's not like you're going back and watching old TV. <laughs> right. It's, it's HD. It's, right. Yeah. So um, it's an early season enough to where you're like, what happened to my TV? Um, <clears throat> all right, top ten. Woo, we're in, in the top, top ten. Uh, this is one that a lot of people may probably rank lower than us, but I think we're both pretty big fans of season 25, Philippines, which you recently, yeah, I think you've I watched did. this more recently than I have. I watched this, yeah, probably last couple of weeks ago, last month or so. So, what do you love about the Philippines? This is, Philippines is known as the breath of fresh air. Yes. This we is were coming off of uh, four seasons. Nicaragua, of, yep. Redemption Island, South Pacific, and One World. All, yep. all seasons that ranked in our bottom, like, 15. Yes. So, Survivor kept going back to the well and pulling back returning players. And finally, they hit on a mix. It's not the star power that worked. Right. It's the, the personalities of those players themselves. They didn't have to be over the top. If they were just, you know, they if they were just who they were... That was good enough, and boy, were they good enough. They they didn't come onto the show as such big threats that they had to be voted out immediately. Yeah, they were also people who they were brought back for a more probably palatable reason to the other fans as well, which is these people were brought back because there were medical evacuations from yeah. previous seasons. So you had Russell Swan, who had like almost died in a challenge in Samoa, dehydrating. Mm-hmm. You had Jonathan Penner. Um, I believe his injury was pretty minor, in, and it was in his second season, was too. Was time he got like cut on his leg, and they were like, you're going to get infected he, and lose your he leg? He was in, at risk of infection in Micronesia. Now, the one was horrible, Michael Scoopin from Scoopin Australia. Scoopin fell face first into a fire. Yes, and then jumped in the water, and his hands were... Yes. Oh, that's true. It was hands first. Hands broke yeah. his fall. He Hands first in the fire. But come to find out in this season that Michael Scoopin... Is a it's, magnet for it's uh, a disaster. disaster. It's not as bad. He just can't get out. Of, he's just can't get out of his own. If he's going to stub his toe, he stubs his toe. If he's going to get a paper cut, he gets one. If a coconut just, is going to drop from a tree and land on someone's head, it's going to find Michael's head. That's what happens. That, that's what that season tells us. He can't help it. But the rest of the cast, I mean, there are two celebrity castings this season, and both of them work. They work perfectly fine. Yes. Uh, former MLB MVP Jeff Kent. Yes. And uh, Facts of Life star. Lisa Walchel. Yeah. Child star. Yeah. Um, the whole season, this is the season that introduces us to Malcolm, who had some enduring uh, love from the fans. Also a season that introduces us to Abby Maria. Abby Maria. <laughs> who does not have any love from the fans. <laughs> Man. There's just something... Oh, boy. She's must-watch TV. Yeah, she is. It is like... It is like... It's like... Okay, guys, we have 19... We've brought 19 of you out here to play. You're also going to be playing with uh, this barrel of TNT that has has a fuse that has been lit. <laughs> it is great. You can't see and the horrifying, fuse. horrifying, all at the same time. You can't see the fuse. Most of the time, this barrel will be fine. But... Every few days, when you least expect it, 
it's just going to explode, and you're not going to be able to understand. Yeah. And that is Abby Maria in a nutshell. There's a satisfying, completely satisfying winner in this season. Um, you probably, most people are like, well, I didn't really root, root for the person, but you didn't, definitely didn't root against them. It is. They played from a unique position yes. of never really being in any kind of like power. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it is a winning season that is, I think, my favorite honest winning season. Because they find a way to be honest with people without being slaves to alliances. Yeah. And it's a it's fascinating to watch uh, their interactions with other people in the game. Yeah. But um, there's a lot of drama about who will win challenges, and that goes into a lot of how the game finishes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this ever going to happen? Will it happen? You got to get this person at this per- point. You know, so there's a lot of um, drama to that. Um, I think there are some, you know, it's it's peppered with like good contestants throughout. You know, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, and you know, even people that go out early have have really good stories and you know things like that. I think it's also going to in a way sort of like you know married to edge of extinction and like they're returning players and like the sacrifices they're making and what they're willing to do take somebody like russell swan i mean that was his narrative arc in this in this this uh this season was you know are you willing to come out here and lay it all on the line for it you know right kind of thing so um yeah good season definitely solid uh number nine on our list is a beloved season for many reasons uh Season 15, China. We're voting out next. Um, it's made the jury, though. It did make the jury. China will get a vote at the end. Um, China has the smallest cast of any Survivor season. Only 16 people. Oh. And it is probably the most carefully cultivated cast I've ever seen. It is just... It, there is... I don't have the list, the cast list right in front of me, but I bet if I looked at it now, I could just tell you something about every single player. Which is not... It's just something every season struggles with. There are always people near the bottom that get voted out early that aren't interesting in any way. This season really doesn't have any of that. There's no obvious goat of the season, in my opinion. And it may not be my favorite cast, but it is definitely a cast without any weaknesses. Um, Introducing people who were brought back from multiple seasons. um, uh, Amanda... Uh, Kimmel? Yep. Amanda Kimmel. James. James Clement, who, uh, honestly, if you, if this is the only James season you ever watch, this, you will love James more than everyone else. He is absolutely the player you root for this season. He is, I think, was my protagonist of the season uh, for me. Todd Herzog is, is really fun to watch. Courtney Yates is, uh, great TV. She's like a, Little tiny ninety pound blonde Randy. <laughs> oh, Randy. She's just like it's uh she's just so snarky about everything. You don't even quite know if she wants to be there. It's like she wound up on a plane by accident. She got on the wrong plane, wound up in China, and there's like, Yeah, you wanna play Survivor? She's like, what? Yeah, why not? <laughs> what is Survivor? I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's a uh, it's a great season. You kind of miss Survivor going to locations like this, you know. This is yeah. one of the last one that really works too. Yeah, I mean Africa is beautiful. 
you know, um, China was also like Thailand was beautiful, but China's like gorgeous, and you know, you miss like them bringing in like Survivor was an adventure to go learn about some other part of the world, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I know for reasons that you know, there's nothing's really going to change. We can't help that. So, but you kind of pine for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Again, it's a very watchable season. It's satisfying winter. It's great. it's a great cast. It's good production. It's uh, kind of wish it had come on season seventeen instead of Gabon. Yeah, would have liked to see this season in HD. A great watch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Uh, again, it's hard to know where to quite place this one. The OG Borneo, season one. The one that started it all. Yes. It is. Unlike anything, you if you've only seen recent seasons of Survivor, this is this is a different you're, show. You're in for yeah. This is it's so it is all about like the experiences of living with other people it and is. like the survival skills, and basically only a couple people realized that the show is not about that, and those people were Richard Hatch, Sue Hawk, and then to a lesser extent. Kelly Wigglesworth and uh, Rudy Bosch. Only maybe one person even realized what 30-something days of being stranded somewhere meant, you know, and was like, well, I'm going to prep by, like, getting, you know, gaining some weight because I'm going to lose it. Like, everyone else was just, didn't even know. And also, you know, Rich, I think, has a reputation as the great strategist, the original strategist, the original alliance maker. Right. But he also really, his tribe relied on him. He was the provider. Yes. He was a fisherman. He yes. went out and worked his ass off in, in Survivor. And he had fun. He's a character. I think he's he's a little bit, uh, I think the villain aspect, the sort of the mastermind chess player aspect of his personality is a little bit overrated. Well, yeah, it is a little bit overrated. He did figure it out, but... Uh, um, he also benefited from the, you know, I guess you could say ineptitude, but no one really knew of other players, you yeah. know, and like, <laughs> I mean, there's one contestant that's voting strategy was alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to give you a heads up. This was like, it was, this season feels like a season of the real world. Where it's people thinking like, I'm going to be famous after this. Yep. Uh, which in the case of Colleen was uh, kind of true. Yeah. She was a she was America's sweetheart for that season. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it was a phenomenon, though. It was a word of mouth. I mean, this is how a lot of people found Survivor. Because people just... They... You know, the people that that watched it told other people, told five people what they watched, and they were like, "I can't believe what I'm watching. You need to see this." And then those people watched it, and, and that's how it started. It very much was word of mouth. I did not. The only episode I saw was the final episode of Borneo. Yeah. When there I are a lot of people who say, "Well, I've been with it since season one," <clears> but they a lot of them say, "But I started episode three because it took till episode three for them to get it to get to them." Yeah. It's uh, the Sioux Hawk speech at Tribal Council is an all-time great reality moment, not just a yeah, Survivor moment. Yeah. It's the um, some would still call it probably the greatest moment in Survivor history. 
the, the most iconic. I think it is the most iconic, probably. Sure. Um, th- there is stuff to hate and love about this season. I mean, Jeff Probst, to see how far he's come, he was a, he was a robotic narrator in the first season. Yeah. And he was so solemn. He was having no fun out there, it seemed. At least if, if his face could tell you anything. You know, they'd show up for a challenge and he'd say, Okay, guys, here's how this challenge is going to go. And, and the challenges were so simple and so simplistic. I mean, they were just like... Even, one was, one was we, buried a, we buried a treasure chest in the sand out there for each tribe. First team to dig it up and bring it back wins. I mean, case in point, even the titles of the episodes are simple. Episode one, the marooning. Yeah, I mean, episode seven, not the merge, the merger, the merger. Yeah, um, this is a it's a it is a weird season. I think the it's so great. I think though. the way to to explain how weird season one is and and why it's great. One single fact shows you why it's both weirdly bad and also great, and that is there is at one point a vote that goes. Four, one, 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 one. No other season provides nope. that. For good reason. I'm glad no other season does that. But at the same time, that is just and so out there. Why it's top ten? Yep. All right. <clears throat> Finishing seventh in this season of Survivor. Survivor. We're doing uh, season thirteen. Cook Islands. A.K.A. Survivor Race Wars. Boy, that on the surface does not feel like it can work at all. Survivor really lucked into this season, being as great as it was. It's This was a real horrible concept on paper that accidentally gave them the most diverse... I mean, by design, it gave them the most diverse right. cast they ever had. There were only five Caucasian people on this entire season. And... Luckily, the cast just sort of doesn't care about what Survivor wants it to be. Yeah. The cast is just like, yeah, we don't care. We're on tribes. We'll just do. We're just doing the tribe thing. We're here to play Survivor. We're not here to make, to try to figure out anything about racial, you know. uh, Yeah, when you're not put into a scenario where you could be a David or a Goliath or you could be a um, pirate, you don't really embrace those things. It's like, oh, I came out here and I get to be Latino. <laughs> Great. I could have been that I and I am at back home. at home. <laughs> yes. Um, that being said, season 13 is the season where it, they spend a lot of time. You get to see a lot of uh, behind the, what is normally behind closed doors, looks at strategy talk. Yeah. So it much is, strategy talk this season. It is, uh, the winner is... Um, you know, has like a right hand man under under their wing, and it is fascinating to watch that dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most calculating winners, uh, methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, great cast too. Winds up being almost a great cast. can't turn it off no. at a certain point. Just right. can't can't get out of the game. Get out of their own head. You have. Uh... This is the first Ozzy season, yes. and it's probably the most bearable Ozzy as far as how he acts, which is just, he's just out there to help, pretty yeah. much. Um, you've got uh, Yul Kwan is, is fantastic. You've got Parvati, 
her first season. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Penner. Yep. Uh, also, uh, you have Adam and what's the blonde girl's name? Uh, oh, come on, Brent. I know her name. God, it doesn't matter. I know, but there's a uh, there's a fun showmance mm-hmm. to uh, to follow. And uh, I don't know. The whole season is 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 really fun to watch. It's feels like a significant step forward for Survivor. Candace, her name is Candace. Adam and Candace have a showmance. Is Candace the one who Billy falls in love with? <laughs> yes. We also have the the spectacular Billy Garcia in the first couple episodes. I love Billy. Uh, Where is he now? Spoiler alert, Billy doesn't make it too far in the season, which no. is painfully obvious when you see Billy step foot on the island. And But there is a moment, bet- it is one of the few times that I've ever seen Jeff Probst le- legitimately baffled by what someone said at Tribal Council. Like, <laughs> like he's uh, not sure if some joke is being played on him. Even if you watch just... If you just want to watch a couple of episodes of this season, just watch the first, I think, one or two. Just for that, it is—it's so good. <laughs> anyway, I'm a big fan of Cook Islands. I, I think it's too. great. Uh, next up, season thirty-one. Uh, well, we're getting close to the end. Here. Finish six, top yeah. six, final six. Um, this means that this one it gets knocked out at the beginning of the final episode. Oh, uh, we made the final. Cambodia, second nice. chances, which is uh, a season. The cast was made up by... It was uh, put together by the fans. Fans voted players in. Players uh, were eligible with the stipulation that they have played once and lost. And a bunch of players get invited back for Cambodia. It is... uh, I think the fans feel... Or I'm sorry, the players feel pressure due to fans wanting them back in. Yeah. They feel pressure to play at their absolute best. And man, do they. It is it is a season full of people who go out and play balls to the wall for think, thirty nine. Yeah, days. and I think this is like one of the moments where the fan thing like works. Absolutely you know? worked. Yes. Although I would argue against anything Terry Dietz, but hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, it, it's got a great winning season. I think it's got a uh, but so much gameplay before that is fun to watch. It's uh, it brings back some favorites from recent seasons too. It brings back uh, uh, Kelly Wentworth from San Juan del Sur. Mm-hmm. She really shines in this season, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. It brings back, uh, I think, our most memorable losers from Cagayan, which we'll talk about very shortly. But um, so this is where Kelly and Joe play together, right? Kelly and Joe played. Yeah, Joe had been on the previous season, Worlds Apart. Right. He went right back out there. Right back out there. Um, it's got uh, Chaos Cass. And, and and the great thing about we'll this get, season... We'll get to her. The great thing about Second Chances is that the cast really latches on to the theme, which is... And Probst lays it out. He says, this season is about Second Chances. It's about can you fix what... Can you fix your mistakes from your first season? Right. Can you play the game? Can you change your game to fix what you did wrong? And man, everybody is focused on that. And it's so great to see. Like Chaos Cast, for example, is focused on being less chaotic. Oh. 
and Spencer, who was just sort of uh, very, I guess, a little too strategic in his first season and not very personable, mm-hmm. focuses on trying to make personal connections more. And it's just everybody top to the bottom trying to do little things better uh and it makes for a really great season top five speaking of spencer and chaos cast speaking of spencer and chaos cast season 28 kagayan there uh, that's their original season it is it is uh i mean it's at five because deservedly so it's and an all-timer like one and where they break up the tribes into it's brains beauty and brawn right and i don't know if that really matters as much as far as like mindset of gameplay Mm -hmm. it does matter for how the tribes do get divided um one of them just continues to lose over the others but it is got if it's cast is what makes a season this is why it's here yes yeah tony vlaches is a star at the top is an all-time great he is yeah it is uh yeah um i love uh woo yes one of my favorite of the archetype of lovable idiots on the show (laughs) he's not really an idiot but it's just sort of the I don't know. He's always blown away by everything. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, Spencer, uh, Cass. The Spencer-Cass relationship throughout that show is so much of a roller coaster of just like... Uh, it's I don't know. It's one of my favorite uh, two-person relationships without calling it a two-person power yeah. alliance. And Spencer and Cass are also... I don't know if Cass is an unlikable uh, contestant, like, put on the show. Because she's a lawyer, right? I think so. Okay. Um, so, you figure she's going to be the, I'm the speak my mind person, which she does. Um, but Spencer seems like the one of the most unlikely casting decisions they've ever made and boy was it gold it's great tv he's another great person at talking about the game to the camera and And just a dry self-deprecating sense of humor and just uh a very like a very honest approach to the game like not not honest with other players but honest in his like he'll look at the camera and say if i can make this work then maybe i'll have three more days in this game yeah but Honestly, I don't know why that person would do that. (laughs) So he is a very good appraisal of how the game is going as it pertains to him. It's a great season. Also, for the mostly forgettable beauty tribe, I'm a Morgan fan. I love Morgan this season. I think she's one of the few contestants they've had who were chosen purely for superficial reasons Mm -hmm. over the years that is weirdly like sort of just leans into it she knows why she's there and she sort of embraces it and it's uh it's fun um great season sarah lacina's really good she She, is and this isn't even her her best work and and when i say very good i don't mean it at playing the game she's actually pretty bad at playing the game this in this season but she's good tv she is also cast as the foil for 
Tony yeah. and just Tony. This is the season of Tony and just running laps around people. Uh, it is. It's fantastic. I, I I don't even know if I can put it into words. If you haven't seen it and you're a fan of Survivor, it is definitely definite must see. Yeah, it's must see, and it's Tony for just him. <laughs> it is. It is the best season of the 20s, and it's the best, uh, one of the best all-new cast seasons ever. Yeah. Um, speaking of great all-new cast seasons, season 33 is going to finish fourth, and that is Millennials versus Generation X. Again, it's, the, it's one of those concepts that you would roll your eyes at when Jeff Probst starts talking about it, and dear God, does Jeff Probst love the theme of this season. It is... The only the only blemish on the entire season is how, you know, it'll be, I don't know, someone, like, hurts their knee and Jeff Probst can try to work Millennials versus Gen X into that. It's like, you think that's a part of the part of the mindset? Maybe the Millennials just don't care about their injuries or something. Maybe they'll be like, no, Jeff, you're being an idiot. Stop. <laughs> Person's just, bleeding. Just stop. It's a, <laughs> it's a fantastic cast. The great cast. They're Some people, all there to play. They're top, all there to play. Top to bottom. They're all there to respect other people playing. Yeah. Which some people don't like. It's not the most dramatic season in terms of like, like people being hurt or, uh, you know, angry. But it's a season where game respects game, so to speak. And it's a... Uh, the millennial cast is great. The Generation X cast has a little bit to weed out at the start mm-hmm. but they do and the the best players stick on the season for for the majority of the season and it's uh it's really fun to watch shifting strategies so uh Cambodia which we talked about a couple spots earlier that's the season where the term voting block gets brought into survivor which is uh alliances sort of dissolve in the game and it's just different voting blocks every episode right it's votes of convenience this kind of continues that although it is called uh hannah one of the millennials calls it uh trust clusters right yeah. <laughs> which is uh it's a, it's very similar and honestly that's more fun to watch than just watching alliances go head to head yeah it's uh it's fun to see people because it doesn't feel like they're flipping, because everybody's pretty much willing to do it. Yeah, um, everybody's like willing to do so much. I mean, they go to drawing rocks at one point. It's like you thought that would die. No one would ever do that, but no, these guys were ready. It's the best rock draw. Uh, it's it is the most dramatic rock draw um, that the show has had. I think the winner is very satisfying. The relationships on the show are uh, memorable and unique and fun. Uh, Brett LaBelle is a great addition to yeah, the Survivor family. He is so much fun to uh, to listen to. Again, he feels like another uh, roulette. Uh, it's another Mad Lib. It's like, okay, uh, let's get this uh, guy who likes to get drunk, let's make him gay, and a cop from New York. <laughs> Does that work? It's like, Sure. Yeah, we'll find one person like that. The one person who's... It's its fantastic. Yeah. Um, he... Uh, <clears throat> it's a great season. Can't say enough about Millennials Gen X. Uh, and it gave us David Wright. Who would know that, like, he and Chris and, like, Zeke would, like, bond over talking about football? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, top three. We got down to the top down, three. Yeah. Final Tribal Council. Here they sit. Let's make their case. So, finishing third in the voting here at the end is season 37, David versus Goliath. When we just finished, boy, was it good. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time on Talkie Talk podcast talking about how much we love David versus Goliath. So, we'll try to keep this brief, but let's just say one of my all time favorite casts, one of my all time favorite gameplay seasons, yeah. and what I think is easily the best from CBS's side, which is the editing. The way they told stories this season, the way they would sometimes surprise us, sometimes they wouldn't reveal that so that somebody had made a decision, mm-hmm. kept us in suspense all season long. Yeah, absolutely wonderful television. Yeah, I think, and a good winner too. Yeah, uh, the things they tried worked. They tried some new things. They worked. You know, if they hadn't worked, maybe we'd feel a little bit different about it. But yeah, maybe they did. if the idle nullifier was a dud when it was right. played, maybe we wouldn't but have it. Here this we sit, and it worked once. It's one for one. It's you one know? for one. So that's all we can give it credit for. There were a lot of people that came to play. There were a lot of uh, the the cast, even though they came to play, broke a lot of no nos they shouldn't have done. It's like no, don't do a, a showmance, and they couldn't help it. They did. You know? If you if you could only if you told me I could only have six people from this cast to come back ever again, I would be very disappointed. Like that's how much I love the cast. Yeah. Like I would pick my six, but then that means I'm leaving off some great castmates. Right. Somewhere. Um. Yeah. So we don't want to get too much in the weeds with it. Uh, like you said, it's been we've been talked you know talked about um, you know. It's a season without a boring episode. Also. Which is so hard to pull off. The middle of it, too, where some seasons of Survivor drag after the first, you know, initial you meet everybody, mm-hmm. you start to see their alliances. It started firing yeah. on all cylinders. Like, how many Survivor seasons have great fifth and sixth episodes? Eight and nine might be all-timers, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, like, before that, you had, like, Natalie. Yeah. Natalie, can I have your jacket? Natalie. <laughs> Natalie. Uh, right. It never it never stops delivering. And there's no lull at, at any point, I think. Nope. And that's what makes it great. Bing! Alright. <laughs> Finishing second in our list. Season 16, Micronesia, a.k.a. <sighs> fans versus favorites. I mean, you talk about all-time highs. There are some all-time moments in this season. It is Survivor's funniest season. Yeah. By far. Bar none. Well, I mean, other than Philip. (laughs) This has... So even before we get to the hilarious stuff that takes place later in the game, um, tying... You have the list of players? Yeah. Okay, tying Joel Anderson and... uh, who is probably, he's like a weightlifter. He's probably about 300 pounds of pure muscle. Tying him, uh, latching him onto Chet Welch, who's a 48-year-old man who's probably about 110 pounds soaking wet, and making them run through an obstacle course of fences, trying not to be caught by other people, is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. When... uh. At one point, Chet slips, and uh, Joel is like just starts dragging him through the mud and through fences. 
And at one point, after they after they lose, they inevitably lose. Chet just says, "I hit my head," and Joel says, "I don't care." <laughs> it's one of my favorite moments. Yeah, it is. I mean, okay, it's a fans versus favorites, so you would think that the fans wouldn't be able to hold their own, and they they somewhat do. Right, they somewhat do. And you would think that like you would look at the time it came out at the favorites and you would be like really this is the the motley crew that they brought back but dang did it deliver oh i mean my gosh you have got parvati amanda sari uh james ozzy eliza amy and it is just fantastic i mean yao man you know dinner uh, yeah i mean yule goes out like early and he's uh, who yeah man yule oh i'm sorry oh it's a fair play that goes out like first thing well he sort of quits yeah um, you don't get to see too much of him no but yeah it's a <clears throat> that's that's a blemish on the season i suppose is fair play essentially quits but other than that it almost like you're okay with it because yeah. you're just like oh okay we there's a head worry about what Johnny Fairplay is gonna do as great as Fairplay is in Pearl Islands for he's he's like a magician now you've seen all his tricks yeah and it's just like yeah no one plus at uh, this point he and Jeff were suffering each other you know were just like really didn't want to be in the same island with each right. other <laughs> um but man the the effing stick this is, is the a moment gold moment Jason Siska and Eric on the fans getting rope doped <laughs> the Aussie and the you know this is a season where multiple players see something happen to another player and they say well that's not gonna be me and then it is immediately them yeah and so the Eric Reichenbach thing people always give him a hard time it's like oh dumbest move ever and it was an incredibly dumb move I don't want to let that go past however I give a little bit more credit to uh, the people who convinced him to make that move. Oh, yeah. He did not arrive at that conclusion on his own. I have seen some ridiculously dumb decisions, which we'll get to in the next, in our number one spot. I've seen some ridiculously dumb decisions that people conceive all on their own and carry out to fruition, and it just flies back and smacks him in the face. Yeah. But, like, Reichenbach, he was in a tough spot in the game. He... He made a desperate move that he didn't need to make, but it was out of desperation, and it, it was it's an all-time dumb move, but it's uh, it was also really well executed by the people who wanted him to make it. Yeah, this is probably the all-time great alliance. Yes, that is willing and able and executes some of the biggest blindsides of other people and their own members mm-hmm. throughout episode after episode after episode it is it is really really good TV yes yeah yeah incredibly entertaining season um, really great fun to watch uh, however it's gonna finish second it is the season that all stars like wanted to be and it just happens eight seasons later Oh, Micronesia? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of seasons All-Stars wanted to be, season 20, 
and this is the season. All stars, all stars wanted to be and our is. sole survivor season. Heroes versus villains, Woo. capping the first ten seasons, the first ten years of Survivor. Twentieth season, season. It's uh, can we just get uh, let's just get out of the way the things that are wrong with it. Okay, sugar's on it, but she's voted out first. Done. Sh- Next, done. now let's talk about everything that's right with it. <laughs> yeah, sugar. Although even. Even Sugar makes her part of the show interesting with the way she's obsessed with Colby. Yeah. And Colby could... It's great comedy to see Sugar... Okay, like, take it back. Everything's right. To see it. Sugar, like, literally stalking him around camp without realizing she's stalking him around camp. She thinks that they're, like, gonna have a showmance. And Colby is, like, talking to the camera. He's like... It cuts away to Colby and he's just like, I don't know why, but every time I get up and move... That girl gets up and moves with me. <laughs> He's like, I've never indicated that I wanted this to happen. So, I, I, did I miss it? Did you set up the whole premise for this one? The premise for Heroes vs. Villains? No, I just mean that, like, who came back and, you know. Gosh, it is just, it, it is a... It's season 20. It's 10 years into Survivor. You know, they've hit this milestone. And they've decided, let's bring back the, you know... The 10, our 10 favorite quote-unquote heroes... And our ten villainous players, and they kind of maybe tried to shoehorn some people into those roles. Yeah, I don't think, like for example, Sandra was brought back as a villain. I don't think she was villainous at all in Pearl Islands, right? But I mean, I mean, and Coach had problems with being a villain. He's like, I'm not a villain, you know? Like, yeah, there were people, but boy, there were people that embraced it. Yeah, I mean, first off, this is a back to back season. This is Russell Hans coming back. Yeah. from season 19 and boy he is a I actually don't know if they had gotten a chance to see Russell's season I don't think so either which means he got to use his force of nature on people he knew yeah uh, and he does it again he really does it again and uh, I, I honestly think it's probably Russell's best season that he played um, JT this season is uh, a has one of has what I think is the dumbest move in Survivor. Um, but you just get so many players who uh, it's really top to bottom just a cast that you love. Yes, you get you get why everyone's there except for maybe Danielle. Danielle might be the person who you're just like, eh. She pales in comparison to a lot of the others. Danielle that are here. from Panama. Danielle from Panama. Yeah, and she's also cast as a villain and. Eh, not really how I remember her. I don't remember her heroically, but I don't remember her as a villain either. Right. Um, again, sort of shoehorned in, but man, the gameplay this season is is not always optimal, but it's always entertaining. Yeah. So much fun. It's so much fun to watch all these people with all the baggage they bring into the game uh, try to execute the season. It is a very difficult season to navigate. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a was a huge fan of this, and I actually weirdly had never seen this season until less than a year ago. Yeah, it is the of all the like problems that All Stars had with the egos and stuff. This one just didn't really have that. They came knowing everybody else was like gunning, and so they just were like, "Okay, I better be gunning too. I'm not gonna worry about how I look." really doing it i'm just going to play Mm -hmm. you know and play hard and 
another thing I really like about this season is CBS Survivor puts these two tribes out there and they just let them play. They don't try to manipulate things too much with tribe switches mm-hmm. or anything like that. This is one where it's sort of a throwback season. This is a this is sort of the all-star season to cap the first 10 years, so they just let the tribes go at it and they assume that on their own they're not going to pagong the other one out. Like it's not going to be as simple as which tribe has the edge. There are also little moments in this like do you remember banana etiquette? Oh, banana etiquette is amazing. So, it was just the name of like episode six or seven where James what has to get. This is where like things get explained to you, like the social aspect kind of gets explained to the audience because it's getting explained to a contestant, and your James is like, I don't understand. I'm a two hundred ninety pound muscular man I need four bananas to sugars one or whatever and he has to get explained to him like this is how a social experiment like this works and like how people take like the littlest thing can blow up into the biggest problem and like it's it's where like little things like that get explained to you as the viewer you Mm -hmm. know and it's explained by really good players it's also this this season has some, uh, as probably what is my favorite idol play in the show's history. I think it's got my favorite uh, tactical idol play ever at Tribal Council. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe I overrate the season itself just because it had all this baggage that we the viewer brings in, bring in as mm-hmm. well. Like, we have... These are all memorable people who we have assumptions about. Right. And we have a vested interest in them. Like, we have, you know, somebody like Jerry. It's like, maybe I don't expect her to win, but I'm interested in I'm interested in every person this season. And I think that's what they really nail. Yeah. Um, and the players have the play to back it up, too. Even though, like I said, it's a season rife with errors. I mean, it's arguably the winner wins because of thanks to certain really bad errors mm-hmm. that are made in the game, uh, and they wind up using those errors to their advantage in the end. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a season that just, it is, the personalities are so big, and they don't seem, even though they are big personalities, it's not like All-Stars where they're just full of themselves. Yeah. This is a season where they're just like, I'm here for a reason. They brought me back for a reason. I'm yeah. going to make them. I'm going to make sure they don't regret that. Yeah, and those personalities don't really allow it a low throughout the whole season. No. Well, that concludes our very long uh, um, countdown of our favorite seasons. And uh, before we go, do you have any speculation? We just finished talking about a season that wrapped up the first ten years of Survivor. Any speculation on how they might wrap up the second 10 years of Survivor? Season 40, we're a year away from season 40. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of, like, talk about, like, oh, they should do an all-winter season. And it's like, can you get really get that many people back? Mm-hmm. Are they going to want to play? Right. Are you going to have a all-former contestants play? You know, they're. I guess the speculation is... Survivor is going to do something special at 40 to commemorate 40. 20 years, 40 seasons. They did it at 20. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll do it at 40. I'm expecting that too. Um, 
I think there are enough like players in the last ten seasons that have probably only played once or maybe twice that they could do that. I don't think it necessarily needs to be an all-winner season or, um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, obviously I would be interested in an all-winner season. Right. I would be very interested in Heroes versus Villains 2 if they did a second okay. version of Heroes versus Villains because I think that's just... Uh, it's an excuse to go get big personalities. I, I kind of like that. And I would not want them to get a couple of per- big personalities, yeah. but uh, I think for the most part, 10 seasons gives you enough of that. And I could already almost like put some people in it that have only played maybe once. Because we kind of, we kind with, with Game Changers and Cambodia coming in the last 10 seasons, we've kind of already had a couple of all-star seasons that are about playing differently, shaking things up, doing that sort of thing that are approached from that aspect. So I don't know if you could do an all-star season that is explicitly about, like, uh, a second-chance type right. season. Right, But if it's about heroes and villains, eh, players tend to embody whatever, uh, or at least they tend to, you know, take on the season theme in many cases. And I think packaging it like that would be fun and interesting to watch yeah and plus like if they do 39 um they've got a chance to do i mean when they do 39 i'm I'm saying they got a chance to find a couple other diamonds in the rough maybe if they do an all new player season and you know pull from them as well i think they've got enough like heroes and villains to do something like that i can think of Several that fit the category I just mean, off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, Cass, Chaos Cass, bringing her back for a villain tribe would be a lot of fun to see her again. Oh, I mean, uh, what's his name about the dirty and sandy, the guy from <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Island. Island? Oh, poor, what's his name? Uh, I can't oh, even remember. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Here's another idea, Angelina. So you've got um, you've got two decades of Survivor. Yeah. What if you did old school versus new school players? Oh, man. What if you took 10 all-stars from the first 20 seasons, got them back out there to play against the all-stars from the second 20 seasons? That'd be fun. I mean, yeah, you, uh, it depends on what people you get, really. True. You know? Um, it would be fun, you know? Some some classics. <laughs> Yeah, I would, which I mean, they kind of they've done that for Cambodia had old, older players, Game Changers had older players, right. but uh, yeah, that would be that I would mean, be fun. Guys like Tyson and Coach are still around. I don't know if they would play it again. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they would. Who uh, knows? Yeah. I mean, Coach could say he won't play all he wants, but <laughs> you point a camera at Coach, you give him a shot to be in front of you a camera. Point a camera at Coach, you throw an eagle feather out on the beach be like it's yeah. a carrot on the stick you never he's, know he's going he's looking for the blazer for that season immediately right. he'd go into that closet yeah. um look we we prepped your tai chi area yeah so. um you know but i think whatever they're going to yeah i i, I am expecting something big i don't think they can pull off an all winners versus winners thing 
uh, just don't think they're enough that are willing to play. Right. And then they're also just not enough, you know. Um, yeah, because you would need pretty much two-thirds of them to come back. Right. Um, so yeah. I just don't know if that's really a possibility that you could have the Uber All-Stars game. Um, you might be able to do an All-Stars thing. I'm kind of liking your idea, though, about Heroes versus Villains too. I think there's enough to, like, pick from and, like, you know, um, put them in. There's the Michael Yergers of the world, you know, yeah. the blood on the Heroes tribe. There are, uh, you know, and who knows, who for that could come from this cast, you know? Yeah. Like, we could have a villain or a hero, you know, sitting right in front of us. We just got to watch and see what happens. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm pumped to do that. Well, listener, it's finally over. <laughs> Thank you for hanging with us. I had fun. I was. Yeah, I, I had a blast. I had the endurance to do more, but uh, for your sake at home, I'm guessing you've already split this on your own time into about three different listening sessions. <laughs> so we'll mercifully let you go uh but before you go have you ever heard of a reuben sandwich <laughs> Got you. you're a captive audience what about a macaroon <laughs> macaroon <laughs> right. um well thanks al for joining me yeah, for this uh, great very special gigantic episode of talkie talk Oof. over three hours yeah we have uh we had to break this up we're like time. a midweek rob has a podcast episode <laughs> That's what this is. It's like a normal <laughs> length. Um, but uh, yeah, it's we don't do these very often. If we did, we would they would not be this long. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, anyway, if uh, if anybody out there enjoyed this, please let us know. Um, we enjoyed it, so that's all that really matters. But uh, if you did, let us know. Um, Please subscribe to Talkie Talk. They, uh, we are not pivoting towards an all-survivor podcast on a regular basis. We will be back shortly with uh, TJ, Chris, David, chatting about the Oscars and movies and whatnot. And so uh, <clears throat> subscribe to us. You can uh, read our website. Check out the Survivor article that's going up today. Um, you can uh, leave us a rating. That would be really helpful. And other than that, thank you to the Willow Walkers for our intro music. And thank you to Boo Reefa for our outro music. And we will see you later. See ya. Check out your buffs. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know All the things that I know